Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, right here on Block Talk Radio on Apple Podcasts. Your host, Oscar Lopez. Episode 210, and tonight we are going to have the uh, talented Donita Hines, uh, the owner and player of the Music City Misfits. Uh, she's going to be talking the state of the game in the U.S. as well, uh, her views, the WFA 2018 season for the Misfits, and the team success in various leagues that they've had, plus player incentive that she's come up with uh, for her team and maybe something that could be adopted across the board in terms of the women's football. Um, But uh, we'll talk to her in about uh, 10 minutes here in the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. So uh, right in the house, we're going to have Louise Beans for a little bit. Then we're going to have Holly Custis coming in here, uh, the return of the WFA All-Star tonight. And then we will have Troy Wilson, uh, college football guru as well. And we're going to talk women's world football games, which kick off today in New Orleans, uh, WWFG5, February 20th through the 26th. And if you checked our Twitter Twitter feed, you can see there's a lot of athletes gathering in um, New Orleans. It kicks off today with registration. Then tomorrow, the first day of camp, going through Sunday, uh, which will be the, uh, the usual game between uh, red and um, blue. Um, so uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting week to cover that. There's a lot of players out there, uh, not as much showing as it was a year ago, but uh, it looks like that's going to be the case this year um, because of some logistics that came about. We're also going to talk NFL free agency as we get into the, uh, into the hours here. Uh, top three free agents that everybody thinks is going to be going where, considering Kirk Cousins to maybe the Jets. And then we're going to run down a lot of news in the women's game, um, all the way around from the WFA uh, to the uh, USWFL, then LFL as well. So we got a lot of things to cover as we go into the uh, to our set here for the Great Air Blitz. I want to thank everybody that has subscribed to our Apple podcast. Um, if you do subscribe to our Apple podcast, I really, really uh, strongly uh, encourage and recommend leave a review. If you like our show, uh, tell us what we can do to improve it. If you enjoy what we do now, just let us know that as well. Uh, the, the one thing we want to do here is really elevate the, the spotlight of the women's game and let everybody know that it exists. And by um, people listening to our show, they obviously realize that uh, women's American football is played globally, not just in the States, but globally. And um, the camp t- this week, the Women's World Football Games 5 obviously reflects that in New Orleans uh, this whole week, the 20th through the 26th. I uh, want to thank Nausicaa uh, Del Orto, who posted some stuff out there, and uh, Ben Hegley from the uh, Budapest um, Wolves, and as well as uh, Linda Johnson out there from the Carlsbad Crusaders up in, out there in, I believe, Sweden. So, uh, Thanks to them for posting up, and they're going to be at the camp all week, so it's a pretty, pretty exciting time. So let's go ahead and bring in uh, our co-host here, and let's see what we got here. Uh, Troy and uh, Luis, are you on? Yes, 
I'm here. Awesome. Hey, how's it so, going, Troy, uh, we got uh, Women's World Football Games 5 in New Orleans this week. Pretty much the biggest developmental game uh, games that there is on the planet for uh, the ladies' game. And so uh, based on some logistics, probably not the biggest turnout that we've had in the past, uh, what, four years or so. But uh, certainly uh, there are uh, women that are coming from all over the globe and conveying in New Orleans. So, uh, Luis, what do you think uh, of this, uh, and you know, huge event? I mean, it started off a couple of years ago. Now it's kind of like an annual must-be-at event. You know, I have wanted to go to this event. <clears throat> I mean, I've been to all the other big events, but this one I've never made it to because I just felt I couldn't go and risk injury with the timing um, and also uh, missing a whole week of practices with my own team when I was playing. And so this one just sticks in my craw that I didn't get a chance to go. Um, But the reasoning was sound. So I just think it says a lot for the American game of football that people from all over the world are willing to travel to America to get the coaching that they get. And the U.S. Federation does a great job, and obviously the NFL supporting it and having it at those locations has been great. I've had a couple teammates that have gone, and they just, you know, rave about it. So it's one of those things that I just can't get out of my system that I could that I didn't make it to. But you know, such is life. So it says a lot for the game of football, and obviously women are playing it all over the world, but they come to the U.S. to to get better. So now, Troy, you've been with me for the last couple of years here, so from the I think the second year that they started now we're in year five almost uh yeah year five so this is this has got to be well for uh developmental and for the future if we're ever going to get to a WNFL the best thing about it is that you know you know as you guys to earlier is that people are coming from all around the globe and and what they're doing is they're trying to get better and uh you know the more you get a chance to um uh, you know, to, to actively so to the game and and um, you know just learn as much as you can from it, better. Um, I always feel like you know it's, it's better with anything that you do is better with repetition. And so when you get all the minds together that are you know, great in football, and, uh, especially with women's uh, football, that that's a good thing for everyone that's that's involved in the process. And so you know these ladies are going to go out there and you know they're going to you know they're going to learn a lot. And, you know, um, and hopefully I think in, in all of them can take something from this. And whenever you get these groups together, like that, especially a large group in mass like this, they're bound to learn, you know, they're bound to come away with a great learning experience from it. All right. Hey, Troy, you got, you got a speaker on or are you uh, on the road? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm, um, I have my microphone on. Is it, you having problems here? Oh, no worry. No, no, no. Just wondering what you had on. Just, uh, sometimes okay. it gets staticky, but no, no worries. Um, the, the, Troy, the big news this week is uh, we're, we're all pretty much, uh, I guess, we're just wrong. Uh, apparently, Cousins is going to New York and not Minnesota from what everybody's gathering to the Jets. So uh, what, does that shock you at all that the Jets are going to roll with some money here for, for Cousins? Well, you know, the thing is, is right now it's still speculation, um, you know. Uh, so, you know, until he signs that that's just what it's going to be. And, you know, some of the numbers I heard up there is just in the stratosphere. I mean, they're talking about 
$60 million his first year. I don't know how the Jets can employ that off. I mean, regardless of what they have in the salary cap. But, I mean, now what, you know, what teams are starting to do is kind of front load these contracts. And um, you saw the same thing with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in um, San Francisco, where it seems like they're front loading these contracts. And um, that seems to be the way to go. And uh, just, just by hearing the sheer numbers stack, I still believe that he could possibly go to Minnesota. Um, the Broncos are still on the table. Arizona Cardinals are still on the table. And when you hear people throwing out numbers out there, you kind of got to sit back and think to yourself, okay, is this a negotiating ploy? You know, where, where is this coming from? And um, so until it really comes out, I mean, I, honestly, I just think right now it's just all speculation. But New York wouldn't be a bad spot for them. I believe that, you know, they have what it takes up there. You know, they have a, you know, their building. You saw what they did on the defense, on the defensive side of the ball last year uh, with Jamal Adams and they bolstered that secondary. And so they're starting to get some pieces on the defensive side. They needed a quarterback. They also need some weapons to wide receiver. So I'm not sure if, if Kirk Cousins is going to look at that as a, a great destination for him to play at. But, um, you know, they're starting to add some pieces, and we'll see how it goes going forward with the New York Jets. All right, uh, Luis, any, anything that surprised you so far with all these rumors that he's probably going to the Jets or – do you have anybody else on the radar that uh, is going anywhere else in terms of free agency this week? Well, I, you know, I've been hearing the, the rumor that uh, maybe Washington will franchise tag him. And so, I don't know. I keep thinking, well, Troy would know because he's sitting right up there in the Capitol. And and um, I think it would be really interesting if they did that. Um, and, you know, a funny stat that I saw, because you know how – uh, franchise tags work, and then you have to you know, pay him the range of salaries of other QBs. And, and uh, last year, I looked up the salaries for last year, and QBs average was $20 million, and a kicker's average was $4 million, and everyone else was in between. So yeah, that's a lot. That's a big difference in money. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and hey, I, I've if heard you're the a kicker, like story. If you're a kicker, you're in good shape. $4 million for I, a kicker, that's not a bad deal. That's not a bad gig either. I know. Yeah, that's pretty good. I because you know today's the opening day for uh, franchise tagging players, and so I read that Case Keenum could get tagged. You know, I read that Denver, of course, could be in the running if John Elway kind of renegotiated some finances for for uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, just like Troy said, Phoenix, and I pay attention to Phoenix. Um, but Fitzgerald announced he's coming back. So you never know. Um, I, I kind of don't see Kirk Cousins in. I don't, know, I don't know if I see him at the Jets because I don't think the Jets are ready to really win much. I think Minnesota would win faster. But anyways, and then they announced you know AJ McCarron is the free agent and he's got a five to one touchdown uh, interception ratio even though he hasn't started that many games. So. You know, you got some things in the mix, and then you have the draft. So I keep thinking Troy's going to have the inside track. He sits up there with all those D.C. people talking and speculating. So have, you, have they been talking franchise tag? Yeah, I mean, they have. And, and, and I just think, if, you know, the problem with franchising uh, Kirk Cousins is that what the risk is risking that Kirk Cousins um, will, will not sign it. And if Kirk Cousins does sign it, they're on the hook for that 
you know, for that amount. And and also the, the, the caveat is that you already have Alex Smith under contract. He's on the hook for about twenty six million, I believe. And and then if you franchise Kirk Cousins, since this will be the third year in a row they will franchise him, they'll be on the hook for thirty four million. And that is Washington's entire salary cap right there. And so they wouldn't be able to sign anyone until they can work out something with, um, you know, with another team because that's Someone what, else, you know, yeah. what everyone is speculating. Yeah, they're speculating yeah. that, um, you know, that, that it'll be a sign-and-trade deal because Washington is still wanting to get something in return for Kirk Cousins instead yeah. of waiting next year for that conditional third. And, um, I, I, you know, honestly, I just think the Redskins need to cut bait. I mean, I, it's just too much of a risk. I mean, they still have some of their own free agents that they're going to want to sign. Um, and, you know, uh, Zach Brown, your middle linebacker, who's signed him for a one-year deal, they want to lock him up. And if they go ahead and franchise Kirk Douglas, they're not going to have I think also the Redskins may be kicking themselves a little bit because, you know, they didn't anticipate that, you know, um, you know that A.J. McCarron was going to come up. Because I know they inquired about him maybe a year or two ago. Um, I think it was maybe two years ago uh, to come here. And, you know, that kind of fell through. And I know that people in the organization did like him. I think um, Jay Gruden is, is mildly familiar with him. He wasn't when, when they kind of crossed paths. But, you know, he still has links to people in that Bengals organization. And everyone up there is really, you know, they're high on A.J. McCarron. So I think that may have been, you know, uh, something that they may have thought of also. And also, what are the Eagles going to do with Nick Foles? Foles is riding high right now. He's a hero in that city. But at the same time, Nick Foles is there in a one-year deal. And so, you know, um, how much is he going to command? You know, where is he? where could he possibly go? Because, you know, C.J. Wentz is in terms of the starter up there. It's a lot of intriguing moves in the NFL this offseason, especially at the quarterback position kind of intriguing that there's three levels of tagging kind of makes you weird. Yeah. <laughs> Every year. It really it's does. Exclusive, not exclusive. <laughs> I mean, how do you, as a player, you got to feel like, okay, you're really not valued, uh, somewhat valued. And <laughs> okay. We really don't care about you. <laughs> it's like, that's literally the, the end result of this whole thing. Um, Troy, how about Landry, uh, Jarvis Landry? I mean, you got to like, like the only weapon that they have there in Miami. So it's kind of like, I don't know if it's, you know, you you get tagged. I think he's the only guy that's gotten tagged so far uh, exclusively. Yeah, and, and he, was a, he was a huge piece of that team. Um, you know, he's a slot receiver. And so in the NFL right now, slot guys are just, they're getting a whole lot of love. I mean, especially, you know, if you're a slot corner or you're a slot wide receiver, your value is just a little bit higher than it used to be. And, and you know, Miami franchise tags him. And now Jarvis Landry gets $16 million, and every single slot receiver in the NFL is celebrating because still the wide receiver position, and now he's getting a little bit of respect. Uh, I'm not surprised that they did it because he was a he was a huge weapon for him, um, and he has been since he's really been there. Um, but there were a lot of teams that were really chomping at the bit to get this guy back, I mean, to get this guy on their team. And so, you know, now if they are going to do that, Miami will still – They'll come away with a pick. The way it goes is two first, or one first round pick, or maybe two, but they can negotiate that also. But um, 
the Dolphins may not be done with that yet because there's a possibility that they do trade him and then get some picks back or maybe another player. All right, guys. Um, let's go into the huddle right now. Sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can go to Zazzle, get leggings, T-shirts, gifts. Uh, if you don't buy anything from our shop, no big deal. Shop Zazzle.com. Check the special codes daily and use the special codes up to 25% off. So go to Zazzle.com, forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Get all your gear for 2018. Spotlight. Uh, anybody that has a gear, uh, show it up. Spot, we'll spotlight you on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, give us a shout out there. And so you can get all your stuff at Zazzle.com four slash gridiron beauties and if you want free shipping uh it's 9.95 for the year so it's a, a cool bargain 10 bucks gets you free shipping so get the details at zazzle.com so let's go into the huddle the no joke football huddle sponsored by zazzle.com and we're going to talk to the uh, owner and talented player of uh, the music city misfits and that it would be uh donita hines let me get her on here right now and donita are you on welcome to the blitz Right here on uh, Hi, Block Talk Radio Info Podcast. We're doing great. You're on with uh, Luis Bean, former Utah Falcons legendary quarterback. You're going to be on with okay. uh, Holly Custis, WFA All-Star, and our college football guru, uh, Troy Wilson. Uh, so we're going to be throwing some bullets at you technically here on and off. But uh, let's start with, uh, <laughs> awesome. let's start with Mi- uh, Music City Misfits. And uh, a lot of transition from, you know, for you, a lot of transition up to this point. Uh, but it's kind of yeah. exciting. Obviously, you're growing the uh, the brand. Uh, tell us a little bit about the logo. That's like the biggest thing that you could get right every. Like I'm a big fan of the Tacoma Trauma just for the name of it. But uh, your uh-huh. your team name literally is just kind of unique. You know, it's not Wolves <laughs> Tigers or that kind of thing. It's it's Music City Misfits. So uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, team and its history. Okay. Um, can you hear me, Tom? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, actually, um, well, the name um, pretty much how it got started, um, we were actually brainstorming in the beginning of wanting to start a um, a youth team, like a youth league for little girls. And um, when we first came out with the logo, it kind of looked like almost like a Monster High doll. <laughs> so, which is, you know, why it's got the bow and it had like pink and purple and, you know, different, uh, uh, different type of skull head or whatnot. And, um, we kind of had brainstormed, we brainstormed for a couple of months and, um, that would be me and other, uh, female players that are on our team right now. And, um, as we were brainstorming, we kind of, you know, we got everything set up and, you know, we had put everything together and, you know, we kind of wanted to play around with the name and, you know, uh, I was a big, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember Jim and the holograms <laughs> back in like the eighties, but, oh, yeah, um, the, yeah, <laughs> but um, like the kind of the the what they weren't really like the villains. They always kind of somehow teamed up somewhat, you know, and did stuff together. And they were claimed that they weren't friends. But um, the the ones that were like kind of like the villain were the misfits. And um, I I had you know kind of got to thinking about that name, and I was like, oh, well, you know, that kind of be cool instead of just the regular misfits. You know, it, it's called the misfits. 
So, you know, once we had came up with the name and we had got the logo and then, you know, after we put everything together, we were like, hey, well, if we're going to grow this, then what are we giving them to work up towards? To, you know, what, what, are, what are they working towards? And, you know, and we started a little girls' youth team, but once they get out of middle school or out of high school, um, well, get out of high school pretty much, where are they going? You know, there there pretty much wasn't anything here in Nashville um, at the time because there's been plenty of great other teams here in Nashville, but at the time there wasn't anywhere that anybody could play. So we were like, well, let's get the women's part. And we were like, maybe we need to start at the end and work our way backwards instead of trying to start at the beginning and work forward. So um, we kind of changed the logo a little bit. Um, one of my coaches on my team's daughter, she's an artist, and I gave her the concept, and she took the logo that we had before for the little girls, and she kind of jazzed it up a little bit, you know, since it's Music City. She put some guitars in there. She changed the skull head a little bit. We still kept the bow, you know, and we're black and purple instead of pink and purple, but we kind of felt like the name just fit us perfectly as well. So we kept that and, and changed the logo up a little bit. Now, shifting leagues to uh, – um... Danita, shifting leagues has been kind of one of those things. You guys did win a, a championship in 2016 in the LAFL, mm-hmm. I believe. So um, success yes. has been there. Um, so mm-hmm. choosing the WFA ultimately, what, what was the reasoning behind that? To elevate your game? or? Yes, 100%. We have actually, um, a lot of the girls that, I, that are on my team, we've actually been kind of a part of a couple of other teams. Um, we actually kind of started off in the USWFL and even some of the girls that I play with, um, we used to be back when it was the NWFA and there was the Nashville dream here in, in, uh, Tennessee. And, um, when we started off in the USWFL, um, we played for that about a year and then we became an eight man team. Um, we took that, uh, journey of doing that. Um, then we kind of, uh, got into the LAFL area. Uh, we kind of, um, wanted to get back to 11. So we figured that, you know, to get enough girls, you know, to train ourselves back up to the level that we would want to be, which was the level that the WFA has been in. Um, they, you know, they're one of the top leagues, you know, they've got a lot of the good teams, not saying the IWSL doesn't either, because actually I used to play in the IWSL. I used to play for the Clarksville Fox, but, um, you know, that, that was our next step that we, we wanted to challenge ourselves. Now, don't get me wrong, playing eight man, you have to be in some shape to play eight man football. (laughs) There is a lot less room, you know, there's a lot less people, there's, a lot of space you got to cover. Pretty much in eight-man football, if you don't have good shutdown corners, you can forget it. You know, it is just too much space to cover. But um, once we did that for a while and kind of got ourselves, you know, to the conditioning level that we needed to be, we, you know, got the girls that we needed to have on the team and said that, hey, we won a championship, you know, we, we're we not trying to be like some of these other teams that are, you know, they're big you know, big fish in a little pond, and they came over to WFA realizing that they were a little fish in a big pond and they couldn't cut it. So we, we made sure that we took the necessary steps to be ready to play in the WFA. 
Awesome. Danita, you've played, uh, obviously, as a player and owner, um, the difficulties on both sides. I was interested because to bring you on because you're kind of putting up in a brainstorm kind of like a player and set them mentality, which in real business, that's usually how it works with like employees or sales forces and stuff like that. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that player incentive that you had mentioned on your post? Yes, I can. I've actually been contemplating all week how I'm going to explain this. <laughs> um, Take your time. No, no, how... no big pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> okay, pretty much how, um, you know, nobody technically gets paid to play, you know, and to be honest with you, I have looked at it from all the legal standpoints and, you know, the whole tax standpoint, an employee, volunteer, independent contractor, independent salespeople, just from every angle. And to be honest with you, when it breaks it down, there is really not a, what you would so-call a salary of what is, what should be paid to a woman football player. You know, like a lot of, you know, the guys, they've got, you know, what a, an NFL player, such and such years, you know, what, what they should be making or, or any other sport that is, you know, considered a sport um, that, you know, you get some type of salary for. Now, with our program, I'm not, from, from the way that I see it, I'm not technically paying players to be out on the field. Now, uh, we do have it set up to where their sales, um, I know one of the ladies, when I had uh, posted it, my coach had posted it up on the page, you know, she gave me some information about, you know, the employee thing and, you know, paying people and then you become professional and, and all this and that. And, you know, it pretty much like she explained about, you know, ticket sales and, you know, that they pretty much paid a commission uh, based off of what they sold. Now, with what we're doing, it is kind of set up that way. But it's not for everybody. Like, I literally am trying to get more of my players to be involved because we have we have plenty of players on the team, but, you know, you have players that are just on the team. They do not sell season tickets. They, do, they don't even share posts on their Facebook pages. They, they don't do anything. They're just on the team. And they kind of do not – do a lot of stuff for the team that could help the team grow other than just I'm out on the field. So in my mind, someone that is sending out, you know, invites people to come to the game, they are posting things, they are selling season tickets. I've, I've got a tracking system that I pretty much have came up with that I'm going to track every single ticket that comes through that front door based per player. And the player that is bringing in, you know, some type of uh, revenue for the team as far as selling their tickets, I, I plan to give them some type of commission for doing that. Because, like I said, not everybody does that. You know, not everybody, you know, kind of really reps for their team. And I have learned that from being on, I think I've played on at least about 10 teams now. You know, you just sometimes just have players that just want to be a player and kind of leave that into somebody else. Now, as far as the um, the MVP at the, the, the ticket sales, I, I call them most uh, valuable fans, it's MVF. 
and then the MVP, our team fee literally is $250. I do not feel like that it is to the point where we need to be charging $500, $600, $700, you know, when we have been honestly blessed to get fields for free. We have people that volunteer, you know, and I, I kind of try to keep it simple and, you know, I'm not trying to break the bank because, like we said, nobody kind of gets paid for this. So um, as long as, as well as with the selling the tickets, I am planning to not play, pay but give back what my MVP has put in. Since everybody pays 250 if you are showing leadership on the field, if you are doing what you're supposed to do out there, if you are getting the job done, if you are selling season tickets, if you are coming to events, if you are doing everything that you feel that you are value as being a football player and, and putting in that hard work, because a lot of people think that, oh, I'm a great football player. I've got X amount of tackles. I'm ranked number one in the WFA for past, you know, past deflections. But, I, I don't do anything else for the team. I'm just the greatest defensive player. But it has to be more than that. You know, I plan to have my MVPs, the two, which is offense, one on offense and one on defense, that, that's how I decide my board members. And every year, so you, those two so will, Danita, will so be you're a looking part at, of the board. Uh, so you're looking at organizational pride. That's what you're looking for in, in the individual, right? Yes. They, they need to mm-hmm. take pride in the branding and the representation yeah. of themselves, but ultimately in, in the branding, because the branding is, what, is what's going to bring the fan into the seats. So your, right. your method is basically re- rewarding the individual for uh, really enhancing the brand and uh, in, in the experience for the fan. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes, that that's correct. I mean, because, I mean, at this point, we can't, you know, we can't pay everybody. You know, and sure. to be honest with you, everybody doesn't do the same level that everybody does on the team. But sure. I mean, is you know, you're you're willing to go out there and rep for your own team and get out there and come to practices and, you know, I mean, you know, talent works all day, but you know, talent can fall to the side, you know, from someone that puts in the hard work. They're they're going to get the job done. So, you know, if, if that's the type of thing that you're looking for, then. And this is out of my own pocket. This is not out of the organization. This is from me sure, sure. as a person. Right. So, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, kind of like it a, comes from me. Kind of like a exclusive perk from the ownership for a big thank you to making that extra effort so uh, to go above and beyond. All right. Um, I'm going to bring in Louise Bean here to shoot some stuff for you, uh, and then we'll go into Holly Custis and then Troy Wilson at the back end. So, uh, Louise, it's Take it away. Hey, okay. Danita. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey, good. Hey, um, so i got a couple questions. First of all, I love your okay. – I think your incentive program totally sounds fun and cool. Are you – Are you? I, if I if my team fees had only been $250, I would have been thinking I had been paid to play. <laughs> so that's <laughs> – Sometimes that's even sometimes – you know, life happens, and sometimes that yeah. is, 250 is, is a little complicated for some people. But I, I try to help them out as much as possible. Oh, no, I my fees were so much higher. But our traveling costs <laughs> were so much. You guys have so many more teams closer to you on your oh, schedule. Oh, yeah, I am not complaining. We are sitting yeah. in a great spot. 
Like yeah, five definitely. hours is the farthest we have to go. So I am totally oh happy to be blessed with that. Yes, definitely. Um, now, so I got a couple questions. Um, first of okay. all, are you concerned at all by having an MVP on defense and offense? I know you said that it is all-encompassing of, of a player, and I love there are players out there that think, hey, I just play football. They don't do much else. They don't want to help. They right. want to exert themselves. And sometimes those people can be some of the best players um, mm-hmm. and uh, on your team. Um, so are you concerned at all that by trying to pay a player, not, do, not just for their stats but for their overall, that that will distract from a team concept mentality? Not necessarily. I okay. mean, and, and I, I say not necessarily because a, a person that is, let's say, a good player out on the field, there are a lot of things that kind of encompass in being a good player. You know, I, I, I've never met someone that just goes out on the field and just, you know, they don't show up to practice, but they know every single play. Sure. You know, they they don't uh, come to events, but, you know, uh, they, they seem to, you know, what's going on with, you know, other people on the team as far as, you know, being a leader or, or being a captain or helping out the community. You know, I mean, you can be a great player on the field, but not be like, like you said, like a team player, but not be a good team player. Mm-hmm. And, so you're, you know, I, I haven't met a person yet that has, you know, they have just so much talent that they can just look at a playbook one time and then go out there and run everything perfectly. You know, you're, you're going to make mistakes. But, I mean, if, if you're not coming and putting the work in, it's, it's going to show. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I was just curious how you thought about that. So that's good feedback. Um, on, I'm wondering how uh, large your roster is to, to project. And also, um, I was watching some of your guys' film, and I was curious. Um, now, don't you play quarterback? I do. Did I? Okay, so yeah. uh, do you have your returning backfield? I got a number one. I got a number seven. I got you. Um, do you have all these? Uh, these. Uh, listen, I'm the first to say the li- the old linemen are super duper important. So, how big <laughs> is your roster? How big is your roster? Do you project, and how many of those do you think are returners? Um, pretty much we have. Uh, we we have the roster size that we're going to have. We have about 28 this year, um, which is actually one more up than what we had last year, which was 27. Um, I have pretty much – I'm not going to lie to you. I have – most of my line are new. You know, they're, uh-huh. they're newer, younger girls who are very spirited, and aggressive and would like to get out there and play. I probably have maybe a handful of returning linemen, but they're my they're pretty much my linemen that have been playing for years. They've been playing with me ever since I was on the dream. So they're very, very experienced and are able to help them out as far as in, in things that they don't know to do. But um, my linemen, I, I, I love my linemen. My, my linemen are pretty much most of, you know, yeah, you got people that, you know, can't make it to every practice. My linemen, all of my linemen pretty much make it to every single practice. 
Well, they are, yeah, they are really dedicated as far as being the people to be there so they can, and you know, g- give us the best line possible. Well, it sounds like, I mean, there's 38 Division Three teams. So who is your, I know Chattanooga is right there, right? Chattanooga? No, t- yeah, Tennessee. They're Train. no longer I'm sorry. a team. Yeah. Say that again. Uh, the, yeah, Tennessee the train, train is not playing this year. Oh, okay. I missed that one. So who's yeah. your closest mm-hmm. opponent? Our closest opponent is Huntsville. Okay. So out of 38 <laughs> Division Three teams, who do you think? If it's not you winning, who do you think? Oh, boy. Ah. You know what? I would love to give a prediction out of those 38 teams. But, I mean, I watch Arkansas, which we had played some of those girls off of Arkansas back when we were an eight-man team. You know, Kiara and all of them were – they were awesome. And they won a championship game with 12 people. You know, I mean, that is, like, unheard of, you know, that you only have a roster of 12 and you beat a roster of dang near over 30 people in a championship game. I watched them play a team where they had 12 people and some people got hurt and they beat them with nine. Oh, man. <laughs> to their Nine to their 15 players, and they still came out with a win. It is so hard to say who will – you know, come out on top this year if it's not us. You know, Orlando, they went, you know, without winning the season before, and then they made the championship this year. With D3, it is so it is so unpredictable. You know, the they only thing roster. that I know, yeah, they, they do. I mean, some of the D3 no, teams have. You. Huh? I was going to say, you, oh, you I, have a great roster oh. size. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I, I you know I didn't realize that 27 was a good number until I went to the WFA owners meeting and realized there was some D2 teams that didn't have 27. Yep, true that. And I was like, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> I feel like I'm over here struggling. <laughs> yeah. so, I was like, well, I guess we're doing something good. I mean, because our hope is to we want to move up. We want to get to D2, and we want to be D1 eventually someday. When we first met Lisa, my my uh, coach, who is my husband, gave her our four-year plan. And he was just like, in four years, we're going to be D1. You know, that, That's that, great that, goal. Is, that is a great goal. goal. <laughs> Got to have a good goal. That's a good plan. Some people, somebody come in without a plan. Well, I guess they have hopes, but you got to have a real plan, so. No, we definitely have a plan. <laughs> Good deal. I'm finished up, Oscar. All right, <laughs> so let's bring it. Let's bring in the WFA All Star here, Holly. Uh, welcome back uh, into the Gridiron Blitz, and you got Danita Hines here from the uh, Music City Misfits. Hi, hey, uh, Danita. How's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, really busy, um, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back on the show. Uh, oh, so I know that, yeah, I know you guys had a really solid season last year, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you were five and three, correct? Uh, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I see that uh, one of the teams that uh, you lost to was Cincinnati. 
um, and that they're back on your schedule this year as well. Uh, what do you think the, the main challenge about Cincinnati is, and do you feel like you can uh, improve upon that result this year? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. That when we played Cincinnati, not the first time, but the second time, which was a game that, you know, it's like you try to burn it out of your memory. <laughs> it was like that Murphy's Law is, you know, everything just, you know, went wrong. One thing went wrong, and it was just, it snowballed from there. I mean, we were just out there trying to like, oh, come on, come on, we got this, we got this, we could do this, and then something else went wrong. It's like, it's okay. And then after a while, you start looking at the score, and you're like, oh, my God, I, I can't we fix it. <laughs> I to be honest with you, <laughs> it's, um, and I'll tell you something very crazy sounding. We played Cincinnati as an eight-man team when we were mm-hmm. in the USWSL, and they were 11. And I, we had two weeks to train up our eight-man team to play 11. We only had, like, 13 players. And we, sadly enough, we put a better show on with 13 players that had a week to learn how to play 11-man than when we went out there and played them last year. I, I don't know how that happened, but that's exactly how it turned out. But we beat ourselves. We literally went out there against Cincinnati, and like I said, it's not a thing of we have never played them before because a lot of those eight-man players are on the team now. We went out there and we just kind of we, we kind of got tunnel-visioned on a couple of key people, you know, mm-hmm. that we know – really could do some damage. Uh, number 99 is one. Uh, number five is another. You know, the, their quarterback, which I've, I've played against their quarterback for a couple of years here when she was on a different team. But um, we, we kind of got tunnel visioned on those players, and you know when that happens, other people step up. And that is exactly what happened. And I, I, I wouldn't say it was poor planning, but I, I think – we didn't make the best planning for that. And this year we've kind of decided that we, we can't take anybody for granted. You know, mm-hmm. those three, they played a great game, but they had two other players that stepped up and they killed us. You know, so this year it's like everybody on Cincinnati is a weapon, so we're we're going after everybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, nobody is, oh, they didn't have a good game last game. I'll, that, you know what? Everybody's going to have a good game this year, so we're, we're, we're just going to take it to everyone on the team. And, and that's you know, pretty much how we plan to go about it this year. <laughs> it, it happens. I mean, um, you know, I've, been, I've experienced a couple losses like that where it's just nothing goes right. And no matter how, like, you're like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> and you're, you're working really hard, and it's just not happening. But it's good to hear then that, that you're able to, to rebound from it. Um, so tell us a little bit about the uh, your start in football. What got you started? Um, well, to be honest with you, I got started in football trying to lose baby weight. That's pretty much how this happened. <laughs> I have two sets of twins and a single. Mm-hmm. And after having the last kid, I was like, you know what, I, I've got to get in shape. I can't keep calling this baby weight. So um, <laughs> the Nashville Dream had an audition 
uh, in the they have a city paper here called the National Scene, and they were holding auditions for football players. So um, I was like, well, I've never played football before, but I bet you if I go play football, I'll get this baby weight off. So I went out there, and I, I found out that where has football been all my life? I was hooked from day one, literally from day one. And ever since then, it's like I ever since 2005, I've been playing football. And I have, you know, kind of bounced around to different teams. You know, I kind of fell into owning this one. I say all the time I don't feel like an owner. I, I feel like someone that – you know, gets to go out here and play a sport that I love with pretty much friends that I've had for, like, years, you know. and But, you know, business is business, so, you know, sometimes I do have to kind of put my foot down about stuff. And they are great ladies, so it, it's not like it's a thing of, you know, they know it's out of love. But um, I've, I've, I've been playing ever since, you know, I've. I've played for teams that, you know, when our season was over, that, you know, they, you know, was asking, hey, can you come help out? Hey, yeah, that's fine. You know, we're short a couple of players. So we'll come down and play with you. You know, it, it, it's that much love for the game that I, you know, don't mind traveling to go help out a team. So uh, that's, that's awesome. Baby weight is pretty much where it started. <laughs> you know, everybody, you got everybody starts somewhere. Yes, but you I have. Kids? I've got a girl, girl twin, a boy, girl twin, and then I have a boy by himself. That's amazing. <laughs> They're my chain crew, so you know I got like five. <laughs> so you know I, I put them to work. <laughs> As they get older, you can find jobs for them and be like, okay, so now we need you to take the water over here and. That's kind of how every team is. Everybody has kids that do something, you know. So. Oh, yeah. They, they are great help <laughs> during a football game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. So, uh, obviously, you're a quarterback. Uh, what quarterback in the NFL do you really try to play like? I love Drew Brees. Not good the answer. team. Not the team, but I love him as a quarterback. He has the quickest speed that I've seen as far as his, you know, when he does his drops, when he takes his steps. You know, he has quick feet. You know, he scans the field very well. He always, you know, has the ball held up in the, the proper C, you know, when he's throwing the ball. I, I like that he's not super-duper cocky with it. You know, it, he'll stand in the pocket and he'll throw. You know, if if he has to run, He'll get out there and run, but he's not a, you know, and there's nothing wrong with a running quarterback, but, you know, he, you know, will will try to get the playoff the, the way that it's designed to go. But I, I practice all the time trying to have quick feet like him. You know, I, 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 some players, you know, that are on these NFL teams, the quarterbacks, I'll sit there and I'll be comparing them, like, mm, he's got lazy feet. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not even, <laughs> he just took two steps. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big Drew Brees fan when, when it comes to quarterbacks. That, that's a good answer. I like Drew Brees a lot <laughs> as well because, I mean, his personality is awesome too. It's hard not to like mm-hmm. him. Um, and uh, so every player I've ever talked to 
has a set of um, free game, like game day rituals. Um, do you mm-hmm. have any? And, and if so, what are they? I guess I must not be the typical player. <laughs> I know I know plenty that do. I, I really, really do. To be honest with you, about and my the coach is my husband, Don Ragsville, and he usually has to tell me that I need to calm down and stuff. I will literally go over video up until it's time to step out on the field. You know, and he thinks he, in his mind, in his mind to him, he's like, "What's wrong with you? Are you scared or something? You think they're gonna get you, or whatever?" I'm like, "No, I'm not scared. You know, I'm just trying to prepare myself to know one how fast I need to be, <laughs> which is every time. You know, who I need to look out for, because I mean, come on, no quarterback likes to get hit. You know, I mean, it's just yeah, you know what happens, but it's like you don't want it to happen." You know, so, I mean, I kind of, uh, I sit there and I analyze, I, I watch a lot of video. I, I really do. And I'll, I'll sit there and I'll watch film and go over who I need to look out for, you know, because I, I actually, on our team, I call the offensive plays. I've got my wristband out there and mm-hmm. we go with whatever plays that I call. So I kind of need to know what I'm going up against so I know the right calls to make when we're standing in the huddle. So, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much my, my ritual is to watch video after video after video after video of everything that I can find on the team that we're going to play up until we go warm up. So basically what you're saying is we need to get you a, a surface on the sideline like all the NFL players have, and you can just draw <laughs> stuff up as you go. <laughs> I'm really jealous of that, honestly, because they're like, right. you know, like when I when I go to the sideline, I want to be able to look at, see what happened, like from that viewpoint. That would be awesome. Yes, I I I one of our high school teams here that my uh, kids go to their school. Uh, they had it on their sideline this year. And I was like, oh, that is so awesome. You, the coach, defensive coaches got them over there, and they're going through play-by-play play of what just happened. And, like, man, if we could just get one of those, I mean, we 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 could change some things out here. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely awesome. Um, what do you think we need to do as sport uh, to progress? I think – honestly, and I brought this up in the WFA meeting that we had, and a lot of people were like, huh, you know, I, I didn't realize that y'all did that. And the only teams that we have played actually noticed that we have. We are big on promoting each other. Mm-hmm. At this point, we are not at the point of, you know, to me that whole trying to be like the NFL thing, I think that needs to be scrapped so much. I get so tired of hearing that. We do not need to be like the NFL. We need to be like ourselves. You know, we need to cultivate something that works for us, not what works for the NFL. Um, we promote heavily on our team. Like when I and when I say promote, you know, there are a lot of teams out there, and um, and there's no disrespect to anybody, but they're all about their team and what their team is doing and putting up their team 
you know, videos and highlights and, ooh, look what this player on my team did and blah, 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 and talking crazy. And, and hey, that, that's all great and everything. But uh, Derby City will tell you, heck, even Tri-City will tell you, uh, when we were, you know, played against Arkansas, we highlight everyone we play. And when I say highlight, we put up their videos and we put up our videos. Our thing is if we can get people coming to games, whether they are there to watch us or to watch them, it's still viewership. You know, I I would like to make it to where, you know, I'll tell people, like, if they're, you know, going somewhere or whatnot, and I know that there's a game from another team going on, I'll be like, hey, you know, such and such is playing this weekend, you know, you, you might want to go catch their, you know, catch their game, you know, if it's a football game, you know, I know you like watching football and, you know, this is what's going on out there, you know, go catch their game, you know. And I think a lot of teams are, are more just centered for themselves. You know, I, when, we played, when we played Arkansas and uh, Tierra Benson, we put her up on our page as well as ourselves, and I kid you not, we probably had more people looking at her <laughs> than actually looking at us. But the fact that people were coming to watch women play football, it doesn't matter to us. You know, we want you to come and watch. We want you to come and see that, you know, we can get out here and play football, you know. Now, of course, we want to win the game, you know, but at the same time, if we can showcase people, you know, from other teams and, and show what they can do. And maybe when they are out of town, I won't, you know, you won't have to say anything like, hey, you know, I heard about a, you know, I went to a game in Louisville, well, in Nashville, and they played a team from Louisville, and, you know, that was a great game. We finna head out to Louisville this weekend, you know, let's go on their site and see if they got any games. You know, if, if we can, you know, promote each other and and promote the league the way that, you know, it should be promoted instead of being kind of everybody's on an island. I, I think it could help advance it to the point of what we're, you know, what a lot of people are trying to get to. I think that's a, a great idea. I mean, if you look at, like, the NBA, that's kind of what they do. You know, I'm a big Blazer fan because I'm up here in the Northwest, and they mm-hmm. sell their tickets you know, based on, okay, LeBron's coming to town. Okay, you know, this person's coming to town. <clears throat> they do that a lot. That's a good idea. I like oh. that. Um, oh. But uh, great speaking with you. You have some great insights. And, and um, you know, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll ha- happen upon you on the field and, and uh, you have to look out for me on your surface. <laughs> I might be a little I might be a little starstruck. You know, last year we went to Pittsburgh and it was our first year going and I seen a lot of players that I have seen over the years played on these great teams, so I was like, Oh man, did you see such and such? And did you meet blah 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 and they're just looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, You don't know who that is? Yeah, so I, I might I might do that. I might do that when I meet you. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So you're like you're just like I am, that's awesome. <laughs> Hey, I gotta ask how old you are since you're a mama. I I am thirty seven. Oh, you go girl. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, that's, a good, that's a good number. That's a good number by the way, thirty seven. Well, you know. A woman <laughs> can still play luckily at thirty seven hey. a woman can still hey. play football. 
<laughs> hey, my 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 grandmother used to uh, say, if you can if you can still walk, you can still do any, anything you want. If you can still walk, so you're good. Um, let's bring in let's bring in Troy Wilson so here into uh, into the conversation. Uh, Troy, you got anything for Danita here? Hey, Danita, how's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Um, I wanted to ask you some questions, especially being a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm like a I'm a big X's and O's guy. But what what type of offense and defense do you guys run down there? Okay, our offense. Um, bleh, where did he go? Our offense pretty much is. Um, we do a lot of like um we do a lot of motions um we we try to you know dabble in the option um we you know we 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 hit the basics you know like your sweeps and your inside and outside uh your jets you know stuff like that um uh, I love, on I love our multiple offensive sets. Yeah. I, I love multiple we <laughs> because that, so, that is my because you know what you you know if you start to pigeonhole yourself and people can you know they can get a read on that so multiple offenses oh, are always the way to go for me. Oh yes, I um I I learned the other day that the I, have you ever heard of the term kiss? Yes. Okay. Uh, but, you know what? but I heard I heard a kiss right, but. Yeah. Matter of fact, it really came up two months ago in the trivia question, and I could not remember what it was. I could not remember what the acronym was. It literally has driven me nuts since then. So thank you for coming on tonight. Because let's touch on kids. Please let's touch on <laughs> Oh, we, man. We... This, this is really crazy. I'm, I'm dead serious right now. When, when I'm telling you, I had, it was a trivia question. And I could have won a hundred dollar gift card, and oh, I could no. not figure out this acronym. I'm I'm so upset with myself. So please invite me. <laughs> have we have we asked him RPO recently or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do try to do the kiss method, you know, to keep oh, it man. simple, stupid. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's one. That that's what it is. formations that we run out of it is like the same play just in a different formation you know so we we try to keep it as as simple as possible and pretty much it works to our advantage because you know I've always been a person that it doesn't matter if they know what the play is they have to stop it first you know I mean I I could hand you the whole playbook. It's not going to bother me one bit, but if you can't stop it, it's not going to make a difference, you know? So if I can give you, you know, you run it out of the spread, you know, you're, you're back in pro, you're you're back running out of ace. And, 
you know, you think that we're going to run the same thing that, you know, oh, well, I've seen them run that before. You know, they, they're going to run that again. But, you know, I've, I've thrown back here a different formation. You know, it, it, we, we try to we try to keep people on their toes. Now, as far as our defense goes, just to brag on us just a little bit, we were the number one defense, like, for the first two or three games last year. And, uh uh, our defense, our defense is simpler than the offense. It is everybody. The way we have it set up is um, we've got a, a safety, our three linemen. Uh, we run with spurs, and we run with corners, and then, yeah. then we got the the three linebackers. So, um, hello. Oh, sorry, couldn't hear okay. <laughs> So we that's how, pretty much how we run our defense. Um, we're either running inside, outside, or gap, you know. So, gotcha. okay. you know, we, we, cool. we, we try to we, – we, we don't try to complicate stuff, you know. But when you I, – I, I hate our defense because when you're trying to practice and even though you know what's coming at you sort of, that you know the the whole formation looks exactly the same, but everybody's not running to the same way. It it can be nerve wracking. I'm like I'm so glad we that 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 we're running this. That I have the meta team yet that does because it it can be pretty intimidating. Gotcha. Hey, so you know with with all of the you know attention being paid to uh, hand injuries and uh, CTE and things like that, especially in uh, in the NFL, and then also, you know, a lot of people are starting to take notice of soccer also. What do you think as far as, um, you know, how do you think the game will start to progress toward protecting the players a little bit more? And, and have you had a concern or heard any concerns about that, you know, within your league? Um, well, definitely safety is, is 100, hopefully is a 100% concern for anybody's team. But as you know, that that's kind of like a touchy subject. I mean, like, I, I wish that we could all afford those new helmets that a lot of the college teams have, have started using. I forget what they're called. The ones that, like, have you seen the commercials or, like, the little ads where, like, the the lining of it, like, bends? It's, like, really flexible. Uh, yeah, I can't think yeah, of what the name uh, of the helmet You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, if, if, <laughs> if we could all afford those, then it probably would help out a little bit. But, um, with you know, with that, you know, it, it's got to be more of a, a mindful thing of making sure that, you know, your helmets are meeting the standards of, of what they should be meeting. Um, you know, you're, you're not walking around with a, a helmet that's, you know, too small or, or well, actually probably wouldn't be able to too small or, or too big. We have a young lady on our team who – you know, she keeps saying she, you know, I don't want to cut my dreads, and I'm like, sweetheart, you you probably got to end up cutting those dreads because you cannot play with that helmet sitting like that. It's sitting too high on your head. You know, I'm 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 not gonna put you out there to get yourself hurt. You know, because you don't want to do something to your hair. You know, I I'd much rather you quit and not play than to put you in danger because of some dreads. I'll just be honest with you. But um, and and you know what? To be honest with you, I've only had maybe two players that I've ever played with that have had a concussion, and it was it was the scariest thing. You know, I 
most people, my son have had concussions before he, he wrestles, you know, and has, you know, gotten knocked down to the ground. And it is it, really a serious thing. You know, I, I, I tend to probably take it a little more carefuler with people that have the head injuries other than, you know, not saying other people don't get injured, but, you know, up there that is just something that you do not take lightly. So I, I, I hate to say that we don't let people come back and play once something like that has happened, but I, I haven't had a player come back and play after they've had a concussion. You know, that was that was kind of it for them. So at, at this point, not playing is the step that we take as far as if you do get a concussion. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, the way everything is progressing, I think with enough, you know, the people talking about it, I think, it, you know, um, I, I think that's where it really starts the conversation because I'm afraid because you hear some places around the country where kids, uh, where they're, uh, you know, trying to ban kids playing contact sports uh, yes. until they're mm-hmm. at a certain age. And, you know, even in, in Maryland, which is, uh, you know, close by to where I am, they're thinking about doing mm-hmm. that. That's supposed to be coming up on a vote. So it's just, you know, it's going to be really? an intriguing future for football. Uh, you know, just what is the age that they're trying to cut it off at? I think they or don't like middle want school? them to have contact. Yeah, well, after middle school, I think the cutoff age is 13. So after 13, you can have contact sports. Um, oh, boy. Some places, hmm. They don't even want them, you know, as high school to have contact. I don't know how they're going to get a football scholarship like that, but that's – you know, it looks like that's what people are trying to go toward, and it does put a little fear, like, in people's minds, but at the same time, it's making them aware, you know, better aware of tackling. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say 13's probably a little too old to, you know, kind of make that the cutoff at, but, I mean, if it, 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 more people can be educated with it, you know, and and understand that it is a serious thing. You know, a lot of people, uh, even now, a lot of people don't take it as something serious. You know, they like, ah, oh, you know, they hear the stories and stuff, like, ah, oh, that, that, that had nothing to do with them getting a concussion. Yeah, a, a lot of the stuff does have to do with that, you know. And, you know, uh, that's why I said they pretty much they don't come back to play, and, and it is very hard for us to let them play because, you know, you you get uh, multiple concussions, and you know, bad things can happen. And then we've seen them happen in the media. You know, from you know, people doing unspeakable things that you know contributed to having multiple concussions. So, you know, it's it, it's it's something that you you gotta gotta really watch out for. Yeah, hopefully they get this all figured out. But hey, thank you. I appreciate you answering my questions. Uh, and and love you guys. <laughs> thank you too. All right, Danita. Uh, thank you for making the time today. Uh, really excited for see where the Misfits are going to go in 2018, and uh, very very insightful in terms of some of the player incentives. And I'm pretty sure some of the teams are going to probably be listening to this and kind of thinking of those routes as well. And it's not uh, obviously for everybody. <laughs> but it does work for right. certain organizations. I really love your branding uh, mentality about, you know, uh, rivalry spotlighting. Uh, one of the teams that yes. used to do that a lot was Chicago Force, 
which was, you know, okay. they would spotlight their top player or their top, you know, whoever was their top player. And then they would obviously, you know, kind of compliment the, the visiting team's top player so that fans could get excited about a clash. You know what I mean? It's a, it's an offensive yeah. clash versus a defensive clash or something like that. So I really, really think that that's uh, one of the marketing keys that maybe the WFA should take into account because that is a key. It does draw in people. And you yeah. promoting uh, the sport as a whole, not just your team, like you're saying before, uh, would elevate the brand even more. And people would be aware, aware that there is WFA football in their town. And then they would be able to get to see, mm-hmm. you know, the individual franchise locally. So, um, so really, really thank you for making the time today. Really appreciate you uh, enlightening us on the Misfits. And where can the fans dive in to get tickets and uh, social media? Where can they dive into your team? Um, they can get senior tickets off, uh, senior tickets, season tickets <laughs> or regular tickets off of the website www.musiccitymisfits.com. And if they would like to go to our Facebook page, it will also have the link on there as well. And they can also order merchandise, tickets, anything that they are trying to get from there. Awesome. So we, we look at the schedule, D3. Uh, looks pretty interesting, as uh, everybody has alluded to here. So we wish you well in the yeah. 2018 season. And hopefully we will be Thank talking you. a lot of Music City misfits as the season uh, kicks off. We will give you all lots to talk about, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you, Donita. Have a great uh, evening. Thanks for making the time. We'll you chat. Too. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks, okay. Donita. All right, guys, that was uh, Danina Hines, uh, owner-player of the um, Music City Misfits out of the WFA D3. And D3 has grown a lot. And she made a big point there, uh, Louise and, and Holly. Uh, the Arkansas Wildcats made a huge statement, sacrificed to go to, to Oregon, all the way back from Oregon, all the way to Pittsburgh, and they literally win it all. 12-man 12, 12 roster. Now that is, if that's not super women, that's <laughs> it's close to super women right there. That's you know what was crazy is that when we were warming up for the All American game, their game was still kind of going on. We had to go on the back corner. We had to find a piece of turf basically to start warming up, and it was hot and humid. And I was dying, and I was I was just warming up, and I was like, oh my gosh, like they're playing a really long game. It was not even just the game in itself; it was a long game, and they had twelve people out there, and both sides had small squads. And I'm like, oh gosh, they must be dying. So I mean, all I had all the respect in the world for for both sides of, of that game. Yeah, I was. I mean, you to put a twelve man roster. She just said it. Uh, you know, ideally you want to get a 27, 30 man roster, but to have 12 all season, pretty much uh, somewhat injury free. I'm pretty sure a lot of them had injuries. They were kind of, you know, living through, but uh, you got to give them credit. I mean, they, they, they muster it up. They finish their regular season. They go cross country fundraising and everything. And then they turn around and just, you know, they, they take the crown. And I mean, it was just, and it was emotional for them because they were doing it for, uh, for one of their teammates as well. So it's kind of a very emotional journey for them the whole season. Definitely. And, I I mean, I've played on teams that we were down to 13, 14 people, you know, 
at, at a game, and it's tough because what happens is no matter how talented you are, if you're playing a team that has a lot more numbers, by the time the third and fourth quarter rolls around, it is really hard because you don't have a minute to catch your breath, and it, it can go downhill pretty quickly. So, I mean, I've played the Ironman football before, and uh, it is hard, and I respect everyone that that, uh, that did that and traveled across the country for it for sure. Now, uh, Holly, you were at New Orleans for a couple of the camps here. This week it kicks off. Uh, a lot of the players are kind of, you know, coming into uh, registration day today. And then tomorrow, obviously, the the whole scope of things. And you went through the whole uh, things with a couple of uh, the camps, you know, where you get to uh, go to orientation, which is, the, I think, tomorrow's orientation. Then you got meetings and practice. And then, uh, obviously, to culminate on Sunday. So what can you say about the WWE? Um, G5 coming up here. Well, it's it's amazing. It's it's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life, and I I wish I I was able to go this year, but I'm getting married next week, so it kind of takes priority. But Say what? I You're getting married? What? Marriage yeah, above football? So what? <laughs> no, no, but that's funny because a, a couple years ago I put married game on Facebook and everybody thought it was hilarious. But no, I'm actually getting married uh, next Sunday. But you are? Congratulations. Yeah. I did not know yes. that. How come Facebook did not tell me that important information? Well, it, it says it, okay, it says engaged, but on my Facebook saying uh, my fiance is a bit more shy on social media, so we just kind of, we don't not tell touch, people, touch, but we touch, just, touch. we're not as vocal about it, you know. So, wow. uh, but no, yeah, that's why I've been so crazy. Um, but uh, that being said, New Orleans was a great experience because it was, number one, New Orleans is an awesome city. Number two, it, it was at the same facilities. And there's nothing like being a women's football player and getting to play where the NFL players play and then going into the meeting rooms of the actual position groups. So I was sitting in the actual place that the um, linebackers for the Saints fit. And you could just see all the pictures that are on the walls and all the, um, you know, infographics they have and, and their cafeteria. And it's just a great experience. And, um, you know, I love those camps. I try to go to as many of those as I can because, number one, it's just fun. And, number two, it makes you a better player because the more you're exposed to different coaches, different players, the better you're just going to be overall. And uh, so everybody that's going this weekend I know is excited. I I do have some friends, um, and a a couple of our coaches are going, and uh, I'm excited to see, you know, what they they come back with. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So, we do have some people there now. Uh, Nausicaa's out there. Linda Johnson from uh, from the Carlsbad uh, Crusaders out there. You also have from the Budapest Wolves. You have Anna um, named Hengley. So uh, there's a couple of players that are going to spring up. We're obviously we're monitoring. It's not stalking, but we're monitoring Instagram and everything <laughs> else to try to you know spotlight everybody that's out there. So um, it's going to be a fun week to kind of uh, monitor and stuff like that. So. Uh, we're looking forward to the Sunday game, which is played usually on Sunday, right? Um, so it's a blue and red match, and we'll see how that turns out and then the excitement there as well. So uh, 
So everybody, if you if you don't know, the Women's World Football Games Five is on this week, the 2018 edition. Uh, might be a less turnout this year than last year because of logistics, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be at least over 100 players still there this year. So um, speaking of women's football, let's go into uh, the women's football news and notes and spotlight LNFA Femenina in Spain this weekend, February 24th and 25th, the weekend here, undefeated clash. We've got the Barbera rookies. We'll be taking on the Teresa Reds. This is sort of a, a rematch of last year. And so two clashes, sort of the rematch of the season. Um, Holly, this is the Barbera rookies have owned this league seven years in a row. They won six out of seven championships. Uh, Teresa, the last two years has come on strong. This is two and O versus two and O. So, uh, I'm pretty sure the reds want to get an up win in, in season and hopefully at the end of this, at the end of the season, get that rematch once again. Definitely. I mean, as we start seeing uh, a lot of these overseas, um, leagues developing, the more competition you can develop, the better, and it looks like they have a nice, um, you know, they have some, uh, uh, they're basically rivals at this point, and it helps when you go into that type of game because the attention that is generated because your rivals only helps your league and brings more attention to it, which hopefully brings more additional players and teams down the line. And um, it looks like there's some talent on both sides. Uh, you have uh, with the rookies, Alba Escurda, who has five touchdowns so far. And then the Reds have Jessica Lopez with four touchdowns. So you have star power on both sides, which should make it a great contest. And hopefully they have a rematch as well later down the line uh, with more on the line. So it's exciting. And then on Sunday, Holly, we got – Unfortunately, the opposite effect. We have the Badalona Drocks, who have not won in two years, and they're 0-3 on the season. They're taking on the Pioneers, who have literally had heartbreaking two two weeks, going in the third week here. They've lost against, uh, I believe, Barbera and also Teresa. So uh, 0-2. Pioneers, obviously, the better squad, just the record doesn't show it. So, uh, you know, uh, Luis mentioned that for Badalona, it's really just – winning the battles, you know, each down for each, each game and trying to get better. So uh, looking forward here, maybe uh, if they get an upset against the Pioneers. Yeah, I mean, that's actually the exact mentality you need to have. When you're on a team that, that uh, is struggling in the win column, you have to take it a play at a time, a series at a time, because if you do that, eventually you'll look up and you'll start producing more in the scoreboard. And, um, you know, sometimes the measure of success is not necessarily the score. It's how you improve, and eventually that will lead to the score changing. So um, if they, you know, go in it with the right mentality, they have every chance in the world to upset the pioneers. All right, so we got to give a shout-out to Left Dawn out there in a part of the Barbera Rookies, five TDs on the season. As you mentioned, Jessica Lopez, Teresa Red, four on the season. And then you also have, I believe, um, uh, Allison Rodriguez out of Barcelona, started out of there, and Rocio Martinez and Angela Fernandez as well out of Barbera. So a lot of talented athletes in this uh, LNFA Femenina. Uh, you can also catch the LF, uh, LFVCA 
our updates, we'll get them up there. Uh, Black, uh, the, the La Rosa Black Demons, the Alicante Sharks, and the other squads. We'll post them up on our Facebook page as well. Um, Louise, BAFA women, uh, this is a week, round two of the BAFA women coming up here, the British American Football Association. It is the, um, the biggest tournament pretty much right now going on in, in, in the States in terms of the global scene. But, uh, you know, besides the women's world football games that are just it's a camp. But BAFA women, exciting uh, double coverage. We want to thank dblcoverage.com for the actual awesome coverage that they have there. So this weekend, the 24th, is round, uh, round uh, two of the BAFA Women's uh, Championship. So um, eight on, uh, I believe it's seven on seven at the Division One level and five on five at the Division Two levels. So it's been an exciting tournament so far. Um, what are your thoughts so far? You know, when I read about what's going on in the U.K., I have to, now I'm not there, you know, face-to-face and seeing it right in person, but it seems like they have a pretty good model going on where they have the fives, they have the sevens, and then you can graduate kind of mentality and also be drafted into the elevens. And so, like, um, oh, like uh, Danita was saying, is that you, um, that you just, you just progress and you get better. And when she was saying they were playing eight, you had to be in such good shape. And so five, I've, I've never played tackle with five. I've actually never played tackle unless it was 11. And so I've only just played flag. And so flag is a wide open game. And so I like their model where you're trying to build. And obviously it's hard to have 11 on 11s if you don't have the numbers. And so I think, I think they're all, in some ways, I think it's almost better than what's happening in America because I know a couple, I know some teams play eight and there's a lot of different regional, um, different regional leagues that exist in the United States. And um, I just, I just think they're, they're doing some good things and doing some good things where they're building their, their the sport over in America, over in Europe, excuse me, over in England and the UK, because they obviously have Scotland and that kind of thing involved and I just think, hey, you know what? That's some good. That's some good stuff. Good football, progressing. I like the idea of how they draft <laughs> into the next level. And I know different ideas have been thrown around about those kind of things in the WFA and IWFL, and and obviously the WFA went back to the different tiers. Like the IWFL used to have that too. So um, I think that's exciting. And and it seems like Holly, tell me if I'm wrong, but. Every time when one of my teammates, Sarah Galicia, Gallica, sorry, went to the World Games, she would take copious notes because I said, I got to have the notes. So come back. She would come back, tell me everything that was going on. So I had the understanding that at the USA, at the, at the World Games, that you could go and they would divide you up kind of in what your skill level was because there was a wide range of skill level. And then there was more than one game and that there was more than one game on Sunday because it was for each skill like the certain quarterbacks that were better got to play in a certain game, and the same thing on down the line. Is that not true, or did I misunderstand that? No, no, that that is true. Um, I don't know how they're doing it this year, but every year that – well, the first year that I went, there weren't – I went to the very first one, and there wasn't a whole lot of people. So um, there was just one game that year. But the other yeah. two, there was enough there that basically what they do is, like, the first couple – you have, like, the – sign up from registration day and then the first couple 
days, they kind of, you know, go over some basics, divide you up into, like, positions. And then within your position group, they'll kind of divide people out into three different groups. So it was, I think it was, like, advanced, intermediate, beginning game. And mm-hmm. then, 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 so if you divided um, those three groups out, then you would split those in half. And then, so if there were six linebackers that were in the advanced group, three would go with one team and three would go with the other team. And so that way you have three full games going, and which is good because uh, there are some uh, international players that uh, have skill set to compete at the upper levels, but some of the other countries are just starting, and so their players are, are newer to the game. And so it gives them a chance to be able to play and get some ample playing time and uh, have an experience of being on the field that they might have not had uh, if yeah. it was just like one game. So I, I actually liked it that way because um, – and it also promoted, like, if you were an advanced player, to help, like, the intermediate beginning, beginning players as well. So, Yeah. Yeah, okay, so that was good because I was just making sure that I had heard that right, and I just thought what the U.K. is doing is a good thing. And uh, it's just amazing. I mean, Gridiron Beauty's website – or, sorry, Facebook page, Oscar, you just got people putting in stuff from all over the place. I mean, it's just amazing to me to see – how many people? I know that people are playing soccer worldwide, but it's amazing to see American football being played so many places. So, yeah, you got to give a shout out to all our network partners. Everything, everybody that we built up over you know nine years now, everybody's been able to uh, facilitate a lot of information where before we didn't have that. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's a credit to everybody that is willing to submit that information to us and get us that information on a timely manner uh and we do weekly updates on the facebook page because that's what it takes it's just a lot of work to try to spotlight certain teams we don't spotlight every team internationally we try to spotlight all the best teams internationally so people can understand who are the best teams in each country because that's where we need to start at when you start at the fact that you know the top-notch teams in each country need to be elevated to another level so people understand who they're dealing with and who they're who they need to go root for or who do you need to follow on social media? Um, so, guys, after after round one, here's the standings, and a, a courtesy, obviously, of dblcoverage.com. Thanks to them. You can follow them on, on uh, Twitter as well, at uh, dbl underscore coverage uh, as well. So, uh, thanks to Double Coverage. Um, they, they do everything, Uniball, that's uh, the university ball, and they cover everything in the U.K., and uh, we're more than uh, appreciative of them uh, covering the BAFA Women Sapphire 2018 Tournament. So, uh, standings in Division One North, Leeds Chargers undefeated, 4-0. They are putting up about 245 to only allowing 19 points a game. So, it's pretty awesome there. Next is Manchester Titans, 3-1, 157, only allowing about 51 points in, two, uh, in, in the first round here. So, they're in first and second in Division One North. Division One South, the, obviously, the four-time champion Birmingham Lions with uh, Phoebe Sketzer, another football supporter out there. Uh, they're 4-0. They put up 149, only allowing about 39. Uh, and then London Warriors, 3-1. They're at 99-44. So they're the first uh, first and second right there out of Division One South. Division 2A North, uh, which is a 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, the Division 1s are 7-on-7s. Seven seven. The Division 2A North is 5-on-5s. Five and that's uh, Chester uh, Romans, 
Uh, they're one and zero, and they're leading the pack there. And this weekend, I believe Sands, Sandswell Steelers will host uh, the one of the tournaments and, and the whole tournament there. And then the other is at Derby, at the Derby Braves. In the Division Two A South, Parksmouth uh, Dreadnoughts are two and zero, uh, and they're been uh, they've not allowed a score so far, forty five to zero. So tough defense there, pretty pretty top notch, especially on with five on five type play. And then uh, Division Two A B uh, in the National, the Oxford Saints are two and zero, and the Kent Exiles are two and zero. So this weekend is a big weekend for Baffle women. Um, check the uh, check the uh, site. We will update the key matchups, and as well as the recaps from doublecoverage.com, part of the DFO Women's uh, Championship. And then after this tournament's over, in the middle of March, then we go into the Diamond Series, as uh, uh, Luis was talking about. The Diamond Series is officially 11-11, so they'll take the best players from the north and the best players from the south, and they will meet in a championship uh, event, sort of an all-star type of event. It's called the Diamond Series. So uh, the hats off to Jim Messenger out there and all the uh, amazing guy, uh, people that have done an amazing job with Baffer women out there in the UK. So um, Holly, Luis, and uh, Troy, let's go down under because down under there's ball. Gridiron Victoria, Gridiron West finished up their championship last, uh, what, week ago or so. And now we are into the Gridiron Victoria. Uh, week one, the Melton Wolves took on the Croydon Rangers, uh, Bliss Love out there, 54-14 to 14 was the week one score. The Monash Warriors taking on the Northern Lady Raiders. The Raider, Lady Raiders, 56-6 to six. week two. The Rangers keep rolling, 42-0 to zero in a shutout against Ballarat Kesperols. Uh, and the Melton Wolves taking on the Raiders, 56-6 to six. Raiders win. So uh, week three here coming up. It's going to be uh, Monash versus Melton. Um, so it's kind of a battle of undefeated here. And then we have Western Crusaders. We'll take on the Coyne Rangers, which are red hot right now with Bliss Love. So uh, this league uh, has been very, very awesome. And so they used to play in September. And then two years ago, they decided to go into the February through, uh, I believe, uh, May. So it's going to be pretty awesome to cover them between now and May before the IWFL and WFA launch or in kickoff. Yeah, I think, um, again, the more competition you can have in these leagues, the better. And um, if you have three or four teams at the top, it's just going to make everybody else better as well. And it's been really entertaining to kind of learn about these teams and see who was on them. And um, I'm interested to see... Uh, the Rangers play the Crusaders this uh, weekend. I think it should be a good matchup, and um, I'm having fun following along. Yeah, and if we get live stream, we always try to link it up, and uh, we have a, a couple of contacts right now in uh, Victoria that are going to try to see if they can get us some uh, live stream, just like we've got the live stream for the uh, Gridiron West uh, Championship. And so uh, I want to give a shout-out to John Torcasio. John Torcasio, you can follow him at JTorcasio. And uh, John Torcasio has been a very, very awesome supporter of Gridiron Victoria. And you can catch his uh, stuff at JTorcasio. And he's highlighted uh, some of the history uh, on his uh, – he's a photographer, and he's an amazing photographer. I mean, more than gracious to him for capturing all the moments in the Gridiron Victoria League. And so you can check out uh, John uh, Torcasio's um, kind of like li- albums and libraries 
um, an, at, at, at com, or you can go visit him on his uh, basic Twitter feed at jtorcasio and check out the links to his uh, photography um, history with Gridiron Victoria. So it's going to be awesome. So this weekend, we have Western Crusaders taking on 1-0 versus Croyton. So it's undefeated Croyton. And uh, so it's going to be a tough matchup for the Crusaders. And then you have Melton against the Monash uh, Warriors. And both teams are looking for, obviously, to get the big win this weekend. So uh, that's pretty much what's going on there. Uh, we're going to go news and notes here. Oh, oh I forgot. Sorry. Uh, XFFL in Texas. The Extreme Female Football League in Texas kicks off this weekend, February 24th. Um, it's going to be six. I think it's an eight-man team, six, six teams. Six teams kick off this weekend. Uh, it's a new league in Texas. Uh, it is at 11-11. So, Lady Spartans, uh, the Texas Lady Spartans taking on the Corpus Christi Divas. The Kinesville Empire taking on the South Texas Generals. Uh, the Loretta Warhawks taking on the Texas Wonder Woman. And so, you can get a preview of this league on our Facebook page on, during the timeline. Scroll it down. You can pretty much check out what's, what they're all about. As soon as we get the updates and scores, we'll update those also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, let's go into the women's news and notes here. Mexico National Tournament, the second national tournament. This is the official second national tournament by the uh, Mexican Federation. Uh, the Obviously, the, the federation that put up the Mexico bronze-winning national team. And so on August 23rd uh, through the 26th is being announced in Merida, Yucatan. They will have the next second annual national tournament and this is going to be all regions uh sort of like the women's world football games but you know within in, within states of mexico and so um they're going to be basically developmental camp as well with some tournament uh, games uh we'll be covering that through our partner tercer cuarto and all the various partners that we have in mexico as soon as we hit august 23rd and the 26th so uh it's gonna be pretty awesome so um luis and holly this is now basically a national tournament. So uh, we talked to Coach Giovanni a couple podcasts ago, and this is how they're going to build the, uh, you know, the future national teams as well for competition or for international friendlies. So it's kind of a good, uh, a good sign for Mexico. I think it'll be, you know, I just think the next four years will tell a lot as far as the growth of the game and the next time that there's a World Games. Um, when you were talking about the Australia League, I think because uh, several American coaches were the Australian national team coaches, Jen Welter, Konecki, Anthony Stone, and so that's going to be a big deal. Four years is a long time for people to get better. I got a whole lot better in four years. Um, so same thing with Mexico. I just think they're gunning for to get better. The girls like the sport, and they're going to want to beat the United States. So, um, you know, it's a big deal. And so far, people are willing to to play and pay to play. So as long as that's happening, there's going to be girls that want to play. So, Holly, your thoughts on the Mexican tournament? Yeah, I think it's a, a great setup. Um, it's a natural way to find out the talent that you have in your country by hosting those uh, friendly uh, tournaments uh, within your country. And I think it it only makes your sport better in that area, which in turn makes the sport better overall. So I think it's a great idea. All right, you guys. Competition also. 
anytime you have competition, I just think it's still sharp and still. So, you know, you send your best over, you know, from your country and then you're playing against other people that always brings out the best thing. It's really exciting, Troy, because, you know, we talked about the struggle initially to get to Vancouver, and now I think the Federation has really allocated funding. Uh, so ma- making these tournaments available, the second tournament here, uh, making them available and more frequently every year, it's going to boast well for them. I mean, they already get a bronze medal. I'm pretty sure they're going to shoot. They're shooting for silver and gold next time. All right. Um, okay, you guys. The other news and notes I have: the 2000. Congratulations to the uh, LF, LFB uh, League out in Cancun. They had their All Star game. You can watch it live on our Facebook uh, post as well. Uh, the All Star game featured uh, um, the North and the South the best talents there in the LFB all-star uh, game. And that's a legend style play. And that was covered by Sipset TV Cancun. And that was team North winning 21 to 14 against team South. So you can uh, relive the game there as well on our Facebook page. I want to give a shout out to Russ Crawford out there. He's been doing some amazing interviews with a lot of talented international players uh, this, this week or so he had interviews, Kenji Martin, Sarah Vol- uh, Volger of the, uh, AFD uh, Hamburg Blue Devilins. So uh, shout out to Russ out there. He's doing a great job tra- interviewing some of the amazing players. He's done uh, interviews with players from Russia as well. Um, so he's keep up the good work there, and it's, they're very uh, entertaining. And let's dive into uh, Legends Football League, guys. Um, the Nashville Knights have literally become the Seattle Miss West or Seattle Miss East. So everybody in the Seattle Miss. That was on the team, Michelle Angel, uh, Jade Randall, um, pretty much a couple players from the Dallas Desire, um, the return of um, Kim Chase as well. Um, Troy, I'll, I'll hand it off to you. This, it's either, this, is, this is my thing here. It's either they couldn't find enough people in uh, Nashville to fill this team, and so there was, this is a nergic reaction where they're sending everybody from the different teams. So I... I I don't know. I, I'm, that's what I'm gathering at this point because if they had enough roster and given the Misfits can only gather about 30 players, I'm pretty sure there wasn't enough to field the Legends team. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, unfortunately, it sounds like, you know, what it was. And, you know, anytime you don't have enough bodies, I mean, that's always a concern. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, is this is this, has this happened before in the league in the in the LFL? I mean, because you know it seems like sometimes you see kind of teams disbanded for similar reasons, and so you know, is it starting to you know are we starting to get a trend that way? And it seems a bit concerning when you have a situation like that. Well, what I'm saying to you is my theory is that apparently we couldn't have enough. We couldn't. We couldn't get enough players on. To, to try out. Uh, I'm, I can't confirm that yet. I'm trying to see if I can confirm that, but uh, uh, Luis Bino yeah, will, will be here next week for us, but uh, just a letter of a nail. She'll be back next week, so Luis, have a great night. Um, so, no, what I'm saying, Troy, is I think that's what's happening. I think that's what happened. Yeah. He moves into this new market, and all of a sudden, you can't feel the team, so you are literally prying other players from other teams. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, that's that's a little bit concerning because you, you wonder, you know, how much homework did they do before they made the move? And um, that to me, that's concerning, you know, especially for a league that is, 
is trying to generate income, uh, and you know, and then you move to a new market, you have a chance to kind of start over, and and then you, I I don't want to say drop the ball, but I guess you know if that is the case of what's going on, they kind of they do that. Yeah, and, and that's what that's my feeling. Um, Holly, maybe you can chime in here. I mean, we just heard from Donita Hines that you know, the Misfits are having issues just trying to get 30 players on their roster. And Legends Football League usually has to have a similar roster, 20, 20 to 25. And so to take uh, 40% of the Seattle Miss to Nashville, uh, I don't know if that's, you know, kind of alarming in a, in a way because you're taking literally the Seattle team, a majority of the Seattle team stars from last year, now we're putting them in Nashville on a, on a, what, a new team. Yeah, I mean, it's good and it's bad. It's good because you get experience on Nashville, but it's bad big picture-wise for that area if they're struggling to get enough players like you guys um, have alluded to. Um, I mean, it's one of those things that I think it will be more telling as you get into the season and into the following season if they're able to rebound in the recruiting side and get enough players, then this issue will kind of work itself out. But if they're continually having to, like, ship players to Nashville just to have a team, then that that's a bad sign for that area and maybe for the league as well. But we know that, like, last year they, they struggled having competitive games and, you know, Maybe they're trying to spread the wealth of talent by taking some talent from Seattle, which has been, uh, you know, one of the better teams in the league. Uh, but at the same time, you're, you're right. I mean, they need to do a better job of recruiting and developing the talent that they have. Well, you know what, Troy? Let me throw another thing out there. Where does this put Omaha? <laughs> you got Chicago as a powerhouse. Atlanta has been great. And all of a sudden, you shift Seattle, Seattle Miss staff to the east. That literally puts Nashville as a number three, number two at this point with the talent that they acquired. And poor Omaha is back to square one. Yeah, if they if Omaha hasn't gotten better in the off season, I mean, that, you know, I hate to see a repeat of what you know what happened last year, but you know, you would hope that they've gotten a little bit better since then. Um, and, and maybe some of the players that they had in their roster have improved, and you hope that will be the case. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great, exciting times in Nashville because you get to see some of the major stars in Legends Football League suit up for this team, but uh, it doesn't vote well. I don't know, you know, the issue, I think really the issue is no different, uh, I think, than uh, some of the girls actually flying from Dallas to Seattle for games where they didn't play really or train during the weekend, they would only fly in for the games and kind of practice for a couple hours. Uh, that was that's what I was told. So I'm I'm assuming similar situation happens here. They're flying from Dallas. Uh, they're going to fly from Seattle to Nashville just for the games. There's only two games on the schedule at home for Nashville. So um, that's going to be an issue too because consistency and how are they going to work together and stuff. But I think Mitch kind of figured out. If I take a roster from Seattle, they kind of already know their stuff, so it won't be as horrible product on the field as a Denver Green. Yeah, 
Hello? What do you think, Stiller? Sorry, Sorry, Stiller? My phone was cutting out. Yes. Sorry. No, no. No, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's the case, right? Because if you take a bunch of good players from an existing team, like in Seattle, who's proven, obviously, to, to be a great team, and you take a couple of their pieces, Michelle Angel, uh, Jade Randall, uh, all those players. You even had Misty Gonzalez, who was a great center for Pittsburgh. So if you take a couple of those players and, and already know each other, kind of have tendencies with that, and you also have the two defensive players, Hawkins and um, Suri uh, Buttons uh, from Dallas that play together. So sort of like you, you kind of put a good team there because they already kind of know each other and their tendencies. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, anytime you put – veteran talent that's played uh, with each other or even against each other. Um, as long as the, the chemistry uh, is there, I mean, they're going to be a, a competitive team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the talent within the league disperses itself. But uh, I think Nashville will be a force on that uh, side of the league for sure. Yeah, and you got Danica Brace coaching them as well. As soon as she del- gets uh, you know, well from delivery here, she should be right on top of things. So, um, Troy, where do you see Nashville finishing? You see, you see Nashville finishing at the top. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. the familiarity that they have in there is just—I don't know, man. I mean, that's 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 really stacking it up there for, for Nashville. Um, you know, we'll see how they compete. I mean. They do have some other players from, you know, other other teams. And, you know, you got some also some just brand-new kids uh, that are coming in there. So, it's going to be interesting. I'm thinking, you know, he's the first or second. I mean, just because, you know, they all, they do have some horses coming in there, man. I mean, well, you know, specifically they have the ball that's coming in there. I mean, you know, Stevie Schnorr. So, I, I just think that's, that's going to be awesome for them. And then you got Danica Grace. You know, she's getting, you know, she's becoming a coach. That's familiarity also. You know, it, it looks good for Nashville right now. So I'm thinking maybe first or second place. Now, on the other side, we got uh, the acoustic who's gotten better. The coach is recruited from Mexico, from the Legend Style Leagues in Mexico. He's got about six to seven players that are probably going to make the roster. Uh, last year, there was very, they were very competitive. So we are looking at uh, the Austin acoustic to make a statement, especially if Seattle loses the amount of talent they're losing to Nashville on the West Coast. So what's your thoughts there, Troy? Do you think Seattle's going to get weaker? Yeah, I mean, you know, with the players that they lost, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, how are they going to replace, you know, know, those players that they had in there? I mean, especially with all the familiarity. They've been in, you know, championship mode the past three, four seasons. So, um yeah, I really think that Seattle may take a step back uh, this year, you know, after dominating the last few years. Holly, uh, they lose their coach. Coach Michelson retires pretty much and is going to be director of football operations for Legends Football League nationwide. They lose the coach, and now they lose, what, uh, the MVP of the league, Jay Randall, to Nashville. They lose Stevie Snore to Nashville. Uh, do you see maybe the Austin Acoustic making a, a, a step up and Seattle maybe a step down? Uh, probably. I mean, at least you would think that on paper. Um, I mean, you never really know until you actually get into the season, but at least on paper it looks it looks that way, yeah. All right. And, you know, credit at Seattle because 
there's a lot of talented players in Seattle. They've been able to fill the team with no issues at all. Um, so there's a lot of te- a lot of players that really want to, you know, be rostered onto the mist, and then they haven't had a, a problem fielding a team since the you know since they started in 2009. So I'm pretty sure they're going to probably find some talented uh, individuals to kind of fill those holes. Um, and the coaching's still up in the air. We'll see. Uh, but the, you know, Coach Michelson is no different than like Belichick, which is I'm pretty sure he had he had set up and groomed somebody else to take the reins if he had or left. So we'll see how it pans out at this point in Seattle. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, Legends Football League in 2018 and see how that works out with all these moves that just came about this week. Um, guys, the um, NFL is going to be pretty much draft coming up, and then we got the, the franchise tagging. Um, Holly, we started the hour before you came in. Anybody that stands out, we talked about Cousins, Kirk Cousins. We talked about uh, Landry in Miami. Is there anybody else that stands out for you in, in terms of franchise tagging mentality? Um, I think Landry. I mean, I always liked Landry as a receiver. I think he hasn't quite played to his full potential yet, um, but he's been a guy that I, I usually will pick up for my fantasy team. Um, I just like what he can do, and I think uh, I think they need – to keep what talent they have in Miami, and I think it's a good move to franchise him because if they didn't, I think another team would pick him up pretty quickly. So I'd, I'd see that would probably be the one that sticks out to me. Awesome. Um, I want to thank everybody for helping us out at our Zazzle shop, zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, uh, heading there and uh, using the code, special codes. Don't forget, you can for about 10 bucks you get free shipping all the way across. There'll be some cool new stuff coming out in April. Uh, we have also uh, Snapchat takeovers. Miss um, Holly here has done Snapchat takeovers with Julie uh, McComas there as well. And uh, this past weekend we had uh, Lovey Tobar. And this weekend coming up, we should have Phoebe Skessler on uh, a takeover from UK to kind of spotlight the Baffa Women's Series. Uh, you can add us at Gridiron Beauty on Snapchat. So cool takeovers from Gridiron Athletes globally. Don't forget to go and follow us on Twitter uh, for daily updates, NFL news, and health and tips at uh, twitter.com forward slash Gridiron Beauty. And then you also have our uh, like us on Facebook weekly. Go Facebook weekly, and you can get weekly updates, inspiring stories, and recaps from uh, weekly games that are happening globally, whether legend style or women's traditional full kit. And then uh, don't, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a review for us. If you like Troy, enjoy Troy. If you like Holly, Insights, anything, uh, anything we can improve our podcast on, we'd appreciate the feedback. And if we're doing a great job as well, we would love the thumbs up. So uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts as well. So um, I think that's pretty much uh, the set. I want to thank Donita Hines of the uh, Music City Misfits for coming in. And Holly, pretty exciting right there, D3. Uh, it's going to be pretty awesome uh, this year. It's, it was last year. Uh, Anarchy and I was getting ready to, for another run. They want to get there. Arkansas, um, I'm trying to get somebody from Arkansas right now uh, before the season starts uh, because they're obviously they're the D3 champs. So we need to get them on getting some props as well. But uh, overall, I think uh, D3 is going to be pretty exciting in WFA. I, I agree. I mean, the D3 level is basically, you know, where the – development of that league is coming from and as those teams get better hopefully some of them start moving up the division and um, so it's kind of a wide open race and that's what makes it fun so we'll, we'll see what happens 
All right. So we have only bad news to report. One bad news before we sign off. Um, the slam is not going to defend their back-to-back championships. They were, they were supposed to go for three feet this year in D2, and apparently they're not going to do that. They're going to restructure themselves. So, um, Holly, that is a big blow. It's a big it, – that, that's an awesome team the last two, two or three years. And, and they took a season off, and they came back really strong. And so I, I'm assuming it's the same concept. It's roster issues and things like that, people moving on, and just couldn't obviously put the team together to commit for a season. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, unfortunately one of the realities of, of the sport is, you know, it takes a lot to run a team, and sometimes your life happens. And as you said, people move on and and they move or they have a different job or they have family stuff, and then it just forces um, the organization to kind of take a step back and re- uh, reevaluate. Um, and um, I think they'll be back, though. I think that... Um, they have a strong enough tradition, and they have um, a lot of talent in that area. So if they do it correctly and, and they keep on it, they should be back calling here and, and, and make another run. All right. So, Troy, uh, you know, this is kind of like every year it happens, but uh, I guess they'll just rebound, right? I mean, that's usually how it happens. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to get your finances in order. I mean, you know, in the current climate, that's not – you know, it's not unheard of. And, you know, I just think, you know, it, it could be a learning, uh, it could be a learning lesson for anything that they want to go ahead and, and fix up this time. You know, it always comes down to finances. And if the finances are, you know, if they're not right, it's better to just shut down for a little bit, get it all back together. All right. So I want also, uh, if you haven't gotten our Facebook page, go there now. We are spotlighting one of Holly Custis's teammates, Adrian Wilson of the Majestics. She was spotlighted by spokesman.com. So Adrian Wilson, pretty awesome player, right, Holly? Yeah, Adrian's uh, one of the best receivers I've ever played against or with. And she's a, a great player to have on the team, not only uh, for the field reasons, but she um, is a natural leader by her example. So, um, you know, anything, uh, that uh, she gets any attention that she gets, she deserves. Awesome. And don't forget Utah girls football registrations on now. Uh, you can check out Utah girls, tackle football.com for information. If you're in Utah and you want to, uh, your, uh, any of your youth to participate in the Utah girls football league, it's Utah girls football uh, league on Facebook. You can go to Utah girls, tackle football.com, or you can go on uh, Twitter at Utah uh, Utah uh, Girls Tackle. Um, so you can check out the information there. And you uh, registration is going on now, as well as uh, helmet fittings and all that. You can get the details there as well. Um, I want to invite everybody. There's a cool video on our Facebook page. Uh, the Moroccan uh, team is the uh, basically not a team yet, but it's, it's building up to be a team. I and mean, then they're, they're basically working towards fielding a, a women's American team. So it's a pretty awesome documentary there. It's kind of like a nice feature there. And it was done by ladepeche.ma. And so check it out on our Facebook page. Share it out. Um, it's a pretty awesome documentary. It's, uh, it has to be translated, unfortunately. Uh, it's the only way I could get it. I could not get it to translate to English. But you'll have to kind of figure that out, either Google Play or, I mean, a Google Translate or something like that. But it was a good piece to share as well internationally. So um, it's pretty awesome. So uh, go to our Facebook page weekly. 
um, get insights, inspiring stories, and recaps. And don't miss our uh, YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we have shared videos of over 2,000 uh, videos that have been played internationally from all leagues. And you can watch them all there on our YouTube channel. So subscribe there. And subscribe to our Apple podcast as well. So, um, Holly, Troy, it's and for the absent uh, Louise Beans, it's been a great show. Danita Hines coming in, checking out Music City uh, Misfits. So it's pretty awesome. No, I think uh, yeah, she has a lot of great show. insights. It was a fantastic show. I love their energy, your business acumen. I think that's. Uh, I think what she had on there, um, you know, uh, for the you know incentivizing the players. To get people to come to the games, I think is, I think that's awesome. I think that's a great business idea, great business acumen on her, on Denise's part. All right, so Holly, uh, you are a busy lady. I'm trying to get hooked up and all that stuff, I, and everything. So, um, and I know how weddings can be so awesome at, at the end, not during the process, but at the end. <laughs> uh, that's how it works. Unfortunately, it's like my, you know, pulling your hair, you're stressed, and all this stuff. So. Um, you're going to be chiming in, in and out. And so we already knew yeah. that. And then obviously you got football on top of that. So, uh, wow. And talk about a big opponent. You got the, the wedding stuff to deal with and you got the commitment on majestic and wow. And so, and then regular yeah. job, you are literally, I, I hope you're on like, I hope you're on boost or Red Bull or <laughs> whatever you got to go with. You know, it's it's been chaotic, um, but uh, we're getting through it, and I'm kind of down the home stretch. And yeah, you know, some of the things that um, I was like, you know, we're both really low key people, and we're like, oh, this shouldn't be too bad. And then and then you actually get into the nitty gritty part of it. And you're like, oh my gosh, we have to do this. And then there's all these little things that you don't realize you have to do until you get start getting into it, and it just adds up quickly. And uh, but you know it, we're almost there, so I think once we get to the day, it'll be worth it. <laughs> well, congratulations! Uh, we look forward to that day and all the pics and all the good celebration that you guys are gonna have with family and stuff. So, uh, in the meantime, just uh, deep breaths <laughs> and check off list <laughs> as much as you can. Yes. Uh, but other than that, that's all you can do, pretty much. Um, but uh, we really appreciate you chiming in when you can. And uh, we have a lot of followers that really love your insights. And so uh, you'll, you'll be missed on the podcast that you're not here. So just, just know we got, you got fans already. Well, thank you so much. It was great to be back on the show. So Troy and Holly and uh, for the absent Louise Beans, we will be back here next week uh, on the Gridiron Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts and Blog Talk Radio. So everybody have a great week. Uh, share our podcast and don't forget to subscribe and leave some comments as well. We really appreciate that. Have a great week. We'll see you here next week. Good night. See you guys.